Hello. Welcome to Breakfast at Cinema's podcast series Cinema My Child and Me where Abhinav and Shibangi share film recommendations appropriate for all ages and some ideas on how to use this collective film viewing experience to help initiate conversations with your children or students to help them learn in a fun manner. We would like to state that this podcast is meant to be a guide for parents or teachers to engage with children in a different way. While we are going to be careful about recommending movies appropriate for all ages, we request you to explore these films by yourself first to check for anything which may trigger a difficult or unpleasant emotion in your children because of very specific circumstances. The films we talk about here are our personal selections for each episode's theme. Welcome to a brand new episode of Cinema My Child and Me. We are excited to be back because today we are going to talk about one of our favorite films of all time, the Iranian classic by Jafar Panahi called The White Balloon. It's a very simple heartwarming story, but it is a story that takes you places. 7-year-old Razia is excited because it is Navroz. She has worn new clothes, will meet family, friends and cousins. and celebrate the coming of the new year with them however her heart is set on one of the goldfishes she saw at the fish sellers in the market no matter how much her mother and brother try to tell her they are the same as the ones in the pond in their housing compound she just doesn't see the similarity her snappy but loving brother convinces their mother because of which she grudgingly gives razia money to buy a goldfish of her choice It is a big currency note because that's all the mother had in her purse. Cautious but thrilled, Razia sets out on an amazing adventure meeting strangers, negotiating with them and standing her ground with admirable conviction. The winner of prestigious awards around the world, this 1995 movie was director Jafar Panahi's debut feature film. It is so easy to fall in love with Razia. as you discover layers in this young girl's personality the film begins with a countdown to navroz which is also exactly how long the film is yes it runs in real time the film is available on disney plus hotstar premium it has repeatedly been quoted as one of the best family films of all time so don't wait any more get watching Abhinav, tell me what were your first impressions about this film? I'm enamored by the ability of children to manipulate, for lack of better word, everyone around them to get their way. How they learn to do it is a mystery to me, and a mystery this film does not lift the veils of. But it does walk closely with the perpetrator to help us understand what happens. Now that I have dispensed with the cute factor, which owes greatly to the performance by Aida Mohammad Khani, I can talk about the broader strokes. Children are like sponges at one end and wallflowers at the other. They observe everything even if fleetingly and absorb many things. And the broader strokes in this movie are worth ruminating over for the adults. If ever a film that comments on present day Tehran through a child's eye was made, this has to be it. What genius like strokes are these? And working in the restrictive environment with limited resources, the film blossoms in the dexterity of performances. and the touches of the script and cinematic language that it employs simple example says this film fondly to everyone i was left wondering if it is just a story 
or if it is just a day in the life of a precocious child on the eve of Navroz in Iran. The nature of Razia's adventure may not seem exciting or worthy of a movie at first, but once you go back into your childhood memories, Abhinav, the time you had to get your parents to buy you something you really desperately wanted, or you lost your money, or even shared secrets with your siblings, made secret pacts with them, deals with them, negotiated with them, or banished a problem on your own, I think it all feels like adventures in our heads even now. Combine that with dangers like strangers and snake charmers, I think it all makes for a horrifying situation for a child, and I love the medley of characters who are there. It's very interesting that the entire story has characters who are viewed from a child's perspective, but there is no shared judgment between the child protagonist and the audience. The child watches them, she may have her own reactions. As an adult, you can understand why the child is feeling that way because you have gone through those same experiences yourself. Whereas now as an adult, you can see the behavior of those adults differently and you can understand why the adults are behaving the way they are. And it is very interesting to look at how these two points of view differ so greatly and it might just help you feel a little bit closer to your ward, your student or your child once you begin to look at things the way they do. I think many of the things that Razia reacts to, responds to, behaves in a particular way are borrowed from what the adults have taught her. I think you've already come to a point which I was going to address later but this is great. This is a great start to the conversation. We'll move on to the next segment. Alright, tell me your favorite themes, Abhinav. As I said, the child's story is there for everybody to watch, for everybody to experience, which is the requirement to buy a goldfish, which looks cute, chubby, and far more attractive than the one in the pond, and therefore the adventures that she goes on. But the lens somehow makes us peer over so many other things, like the differences between the urban and the rural world that exists in Tehran. Just like the differences between the haves and the have-nots. You would get to see this fantastic thing where there is a radio commentary playing in the background which talks about how urban this life is, which is repeatedly reminding us that Navroz is one hour away, Navroz is 17 minutes away and so on. Almost like the New York Times Square ball-dropping New Year phenomenon. But on the other hand, there is this rural aspect which the director or the storyteller keeps referring to which is seen with the snake charmers, which is seen with the balloon seller, and which is seen with so many other characters that just keep coming in and going out of the frame. If you're not paying attention, you're going to lose them because you're focused on the story of the child. I think it's also a comment on the cosmopolitan nature of Iran's city, Tehran, which many of us are not aware of because, well, what do we get to hear about Iran? It's only in the context of what media reports to us exactly. but this film tells us that there is so much more happening in Tehran there's so much more happening in in this beautiful city it's not a completely dismal picture and if you remember Abhinav the one time we had a conversation with an Iranian cafe owner who appreciated the fact that we had watched a lot of Iranian movies but he said oh I wish these filmmakers also showed you the other side of Iran which is quite different from what is shown in these movies yeah we have to make our judgment based on those small fleeting references and in that, Tehran seems to be a very thriving culture, almost like a Bombay, almost like Calcutta actually, if not yeah. Bombay. That mixture is very fine and very outstanding. I'll come back to what you talked about, Abhinav. This girl is a master manipulator. She's a master negotiator. She reintroduced me to the idea that children can really get their way when they want to. Now, Razia can turn on her charm or she can be petulant and sulky and pout 
exactly at the right moments. She's a very good judge of what kind of expression is going to work best on her audience when she wants something to be done. It is a very worthy interaction that she has with each and every person on her way to the market and back from the market where you can see her judging every situation so precisely, so astutely, just like a 70-year-old granny would, sticking to her faith, sticking to her beliefs, sticking to who she is, completely confident, a little scared at times maybe. And she negotiates with everybody. She negotiates with her mother, with her older brother, the fish seller. She is bold enough to stand up to the dervish and the snake charmer and tell them to give her money back to her. And there's the old lady who's very patronizing and yet she manages to deal with her as well. The military boy with whom she's just about to start a beautiful friendship and then situation takes over. It is a beautiful journey that she's on. And every time she meets somebody, she's expanding her circle of experience just that little bit more, which is adding to her wealth of experience and making her a better and more masterful negotiator. Absolutely. And it is almost scary at times if you really look at it finally. That's uh, right. That she's reprimanded always by the ones who are older than her. Even just for having a conversation with somebody. Her brother comes and hits her on the head for doing something and so on. Now, just a bit about the Iranian films and the way they are made. They are always a comment on what the regime versus the people scenario is uh, in Iran. This at many times sounds like how the young and precocious would deal with the authority that they actually don't want to listen to them, but they are forced repeatedly to listen to them. So I also want to talk about something uh, that you mentioned earlier, just to kind of highlight it. The idea of a market and its impact, the viewpoint that Razia has while looking at the fish in her pond, which is when she's looking at them from top, they don't appear so shiny, so good, so flamboyant. And then she goes to the marketplace and negotiates with the fish seller and finally gets the fish in her fish bowl. She looks at the fish and she realizes this looks exactly the way the fish in the pond looked. Fish seller tells her, just lift the bowl up a little. I think we'll talk about it a little later, but the idea of what a market can do, we've mentioned a film earlier called Kakamuttai in one of our earlier episodes, what a well-advertised pizza on television does to the mind of a child. But the taste of a pizza is not necessarily the same as the way we have seen the pizza on television. I think this is a very interesting comment on that particular aspect, a reference to what globalization can do to us or what a large marketplace can do to us. I'll again come back to this point, Abhinav. This is about children always trying to do the right thing. But do they really know what they're doing is right or not? Because they pick up from demonstrated behavior of the grown-ups around them. We have true, spoken true. about this in another episode where we talked about Halo. Grown-ups can end up being discriminating towards people who do not belong to their circle. So you can see Ali, Razia's brother, is a sulky boy. He keeps asking her, why are you whining again? And he is sort of very grown up in his approach to a lot of things, especially also when he goes and talks to their mother to allow her to go and buy the fish. And it is most probably because you can see that the father, even though he's never on screen, there is this looming presence around where he's always there, even when he's not there. It is at a level very funny to watch that, but it is also at a level... Pretty scary to realize that the father may be an abusive figure in their household. Ali is also somebody who does not talk about his troubles. He's very closed. He's very reticent, just as boys are taught to be in societies like India and Iran. Or maybe the elder ones are taught to be, because how will the younger one understand what they are going through? And Ali seems very bogged down by uh, his father's constant hovering presence. He adores Razier. 
there's no doubt about that he'll do anything for her uh, I mean, he will he will scold her he will rebuke her he will discipline her but at the same time he will definitely go and do what she wants because he wants to see her smiling and happy yeah i but agree but he himself rarely smiles he he will push her in the pond and then fetch her out of it and dry her clothes but <laughs> yeah so when ali realizes that he needs some chewing gum to put his plan into action he extracts a pack of candy from razia's pocket and which he, she has skillfully hidden and initially she denies that she has any such thing <laughs> with her when ali goes to get some chewing gum he has an opportunity to steal from a blind man who's selling things like cigarettes mints candy and the like he could have also switched the pack of candy for a pack of chewing gum but somehow he cannot do that it is very interesting that he is not able to do that it is also very interesting that when the fish seller offers to give the goldfish to razie and have her pay later she also denies she declines the offer very politely saying no i will get my money and then you will give me the fish but you first keep the fish aside for me please you are not going to sell it to anybody else now this is very interesting that they have these sense of ethics that are very hard coded in them but at the same time Ali he snatches the balloon seller's stick because he's an afghan boy it leaves us to wonder if it is because the boy is afghan and therefore not the same social circle and is looked down upon in many parts of iran if this behavior really happens because of that and if these children have seen their parents behave like this around people who are from afghan tribes the underlying phenomenon of how the three get together at the end tells us something else altogether something very very deep down intrinsic to being a child which is that they will work with anybody they don't even understand what a class or a caste or a tribe really means absolutely and on navroz why not it's new year it's time for a new beginning so the children must do it but then the world takes over and then they go back to being the way they were So let's get into the technicals now Shubhangi. The first thing that strikes me about all Iranian films is how much it derives from its traditional art forms. One thing we must understand is no matter where cinema has gone, the people of that region have picked up their local traditional performance art form or their fine art form and they have just tried to use it in cinema because that is what they have been most comfortable with traditionally. So in India we have a tendency to talk to the camera we have a tendency to announce our dialogues rather than talk to each other that comes from our jatra or notanki or nach tradition whereas in Iran the traditional art form is that of bas relief which is sort of a mural or carving where there are many stories happening in the same perspective they're all happening in the same frame and they're all different stories sometimes related sometimes not related to each other and it is difficult to understand which stories in the foreground and which is in the background which is more important and which is not here although in this film there are many stories again happening at the same time we can identify razia's story as the central story because jafar panahi is telling us that this is the protagonist this is where the story begins where she tells her mother that she wants a goldfish that's plump but then the story ends with another character yep. so we don't know which story it is that we are looking at because there are many other stories that keep coming and going in between and we see them from razia's view point but like i told you earlier we are left to form our own judgments of what is happening True. and this version of bas relief probably carries forward in the mughal paintings as well where you would see the same painting 
which lacks perspective but is telling many stories in the same uh, exactly. depiction exactly so is razia really in the foreground or does she become a spectator every time another story takes center stage now the viewer's perspective also keeps shifting based on what they are focusing on in the story another thing that happens in this movie is in the frame visually one story is happening whereas another story is happening in the audio yeah there are two people talking about something completely unrelated to what is in the frame and there are two different stories which you have to focus at the same time now mind you it might become a tad difficult for children to follow subtitles at such a time A but, pause and play might work for them. But this is actually a great film to start yes. subtitle journeys. Exactly. Because even if you miss the dialogues, it doesn't matter. Exactly, and that's where I was going. It is an excellent way in which Jafar Panahi has made this story so fascinating, so beautiful. I believe the same thing has been employed by Majid Majidi in Children of Heaven and every other Iranian film I have seen. It is the same thing that happens. There are many stories running at the same time. It just adds layer upon layer upon layer to what Iran is all about. True. In that then therefore I would come to my technical aspect which is cinematography, the editing, sound design. All of it is absolutely unnoticeable. and i think the mark of a great film is when you don't notice the technique right in this film you don't notice you don't come out of the theater saying oh my what fantastic cinematography no if that's happening please check something is off with the cinema that you've just watched in this film you don't notice any of those brilliances to be honest one of the reasons for that is the dexterity the simplicity with which the language of cinema is utilized or used there is a fantastic way in which a very local story which might not have any reference to our lives becomes an absolutely international story because everything in it has a reference to our life how do you figure it out is when you watch it with your children and have a discussion about their own problems have a discussion about their own situations you would realize that the fish might end up representing a pizza might end up representing a particular bag that the child wanted to purchase or in the case of hugo the key that operates your automaton all of this comes together in a very international way you can mute the film and watch the brilliance of what is happening in the background there is this entire conversation that is happening next to the shop where the money has been dropped and we keep coming in and going out of that conversation at some point you are forced to wonder what is happening why is this old man so concerned with this young man and the size of his head and you realize at some point that it is a commentary on the old versus new the conflicts which might be happening in iran so right. there is this dexterity with which all of this is handled through and through the characters are also all sort of introduced in the opening scene itself which opens in the bazaar of iran now in that small radius of the crowded marketplace where we first spot razia's mother looking for razia you see people coming in and going out of the frame and all of them have something going on all of them have a story to tell for all of them there's something interesting happening and time and again as the story progresses over its 85 odd minutes you see people come in and go out and it is worthy of note that there is actually something interesting happening about them something that they will go back home and tell their families about something that they will think about for a long time in their lives and will leave them wondering coming to our favorite scenes as yes. you have introduced my first which is the opening scene of the film i'm so sorry <laughs> but uh, you have given it a fantastic introduction the camera is in the middle of this marketplace it sort of focuses on one corner of the marketplace to another it's a long shot there's no cut till the time razia's mother enters the frame 
and when she enters the frame the camera sharply focuses on her at that point well almost a minute has passed you have been thinking okay what are we going to watch are we going to watch this military boy get off the jeep is it going to be his story are we going to watch this balloon seller who just walked past are we going to watch these fantastic navroz singers who just ululate and uh, walk across the market or are we going to watch uh, the story of the barber and the young man who walks out of the barber's shop after having gotten a fresh haircut wearing white shirt and pant and which seems to be the fashion of that time for tehran now that you mentioned the ululating it is supposed to be very auspicious in the middle eastern countries and it is also very auspicious in odia and bengali weddings in india it's a very typical sound that goes in the western countries it is looked at as something very scary and that summons scary elements into your lives so yeah these characters keep coming in and going out and you realize the canvas is set till razia's mother comes in focus and she comes in focus very sharply with the concern look on her face and you realize this child has put her in trouble as soon as she discovers her child the daughter you're like okay this one is going to set fire to this world but when i say set fire to this world it's only in the context of that 7 year old doing something very very small not too big but she does something which makes us question so many things this girl also has a wonderful interaction with the army man who gets off the jeep in the crowded marketplace it does not happen right then it happens much later on in the movie but their interaction is just mwah. when the man approaches her she's scared that he has his eyes on her money and she tries to hide it with her frock by yeah, spreading like, her frock across where she's sitting like that's the biggest frock in the world but yeah <laughs> and then when the man starts to tell her that he has a sister who's exactly like her and she's 5 years old she is so quick to respond i am not 5 i am 7 and i go to school and i top my class and i get a's always take that the first time i watched this movie i was very scared but you know it gradually i began to understand that this boy he's barely 18 or 19 when he's talking to razia he's speaking to her with a tact which actually tells us how beautifully he interacts with his own sisters who are 5 and maybe 8 years old he has a wonderful way of pulling them into his own world and talking to them about how what he does in his own life and sharing his stories with her Razia does get pulled in because the moment her brother arrives at the scene she is very quick to say no i was not talking to him he was only telling me about his family but i was definitely not talking to him yeah she never commits any mistakes you see <laughs> but yeah i mean i think that is a fantastic interaction in the same vein i would go towards the end of the film where this fantastic interaction that happens between ali the afghan boy who is the balloon seller and razia it goes through so many things so quickly there is a very quick interaction where one boy supersedes the other boy very quickly asserting his authority there is a quick changeover where they get into a fight physical fisticuffs then there is a quick changeover to the sister getting in the middle of them and pushing them away being the mediator of it and then there is a very quick conversation that tells him hey listen this is the problem i'm focused i'm not so worried about you and your world and so on and it's almost like six to seven things that happen between these three people's interaction that tells you so much if only you are looking closely it's quite interesting to see that razia she is not afraid to get beaten up while she's defending her own brother she jumps into the fight and she keeps trying to pull them apart and throws her punches at the balloon seller saying don't hit my brother dare you hit my brother while she gets ali to do her bidding by you know sulking and pouting in front of him 
she also does really love him back and she's ready to get beaten up in exchange for it i think that's only because uh, ali does things for her not because she really <laughs> no no i mean uh, <laughs> yes i absolutely agree while she can manipulate and negotiate with him back in the home and ali willingly participates in her uh, whining and sulking outside the home they will fight tooth and nail for each other so yeah i mean this afghan boy and the interaction between these three is is a standout scene even though it is towards the climax and we are not supposed to talk about the climax so i'm not giving anything away but those fantastic ways in which these their interaction keeps going up up and down and and it's it's like it's so quick 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 in terms of its changeovers that you have to pay attention to know what is really happening i've talked about this already so i'll really just keep it very short the way razie negotiates with the fish seller that her favorite goldfish should not be sold to anybody till the time she comes back with the money that she really has to pay the fish seller the fish seller is trying all sorts of tricks to get her to go home because it might be genuine concern or that he's just bothered by the fact that he has made many sales and he himself has to go home to celebrate navroz with his family but it's just really sweet the way he keeps making offers to her and she keeps declining them because she wants to do the right thing Right at the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where Razi is trying to get Ali to, you know, speak on behalf of her to their mother, so that the mother can give Razi some money to buy that goldfish. They negotiate over how many balloons and pencils they owe each other. If this mm-hmm. goes well, that was very fun to watch. Really, there's not much to say here. It's just the kind of love and affection that they have for each other, which is very evident here. It's really sweet. I'm just gonna bend the rule here, Shubangi, and just say that when Razi is sitting down. and ali goes into the room to negotiate with the uh, mother yes. that particular point it's almost like razie is watching a movie just like we are watching a movie there's a window through which razie sees the interaction at points she's missing the interaction because they are going out of frame and i think it's a fantastic homage and what to ali us. really tells the mother is not told to us so how he negotiates with her is not known he um, sold his soul to the devil yes something like that <laughs> one interesting question to talk about here is the scientific concept of refraction of light which is why when razie looks at the fish from the top of a water body it appears skinny and frail to her but when she looks at them from the side of a curved fish bowl they appear fat and plump and like they're dancing with their fins you know swirling like that in the water I think it's an interesting experiment to have with children to show children. There's also this point about perspective where you can take the same concept and you can talk to children about perspective where if they do not look at a problem from all sides they will not be able to arrive at a solution that is wholesome in nature. And it is also about telling children that while they may feel a certain way about certain things in their lives there are many others who will feel another way. and it is absolutely okay for people to differ on these ideas because it's all a matter of where they come from and how they're looking at things differently the third thing i would like to talk about is how far would you go to retrieve something that was entrusted in your care like in this case the 500 tomans that the mother had given to razie how far was she going to get it back once she lost it it really is a mark of her perseverance that she does not go back crying and whining and just expecting her parents to forgive her 
she probably would have spent the new year sitting there till the shop opened exactly while she is stubborn about what she wants and she does not care to listen to what others have to tell her even though when at the fish sellers she really realizes it's a glass bowl that makes the difference in how the fish looks she really goes back and gets it nevertheless once she gets the money in hand but at the same time she also cares enough to get her mother's money back because she knows it means a great deal to her mother i'll just add one question here in the context of navroz navroz is a much older festival it doesn't belong to the religious definitions of what a new year is and it belongs to antiquity as far as the islamic iran is concerned and it coexists with islam in iran i think there is a discussion that must be had with children about what is the difference between culture and religion if you notice in the first scene in the marketplace there are people who are carrying baskets of fruits and vegetables and grains and ululating uh, as they're going by so it is i think a part of the celebration to celebrate the harvest that they've got this year as far as my knowledge goes it is connected with the, precisely that and the older religion that existed in iran which was that of uh, zoroastrianism it connects with that and i think it is important to have this discussion with your children whether religion and culture which might have divergent understanding of each other can coexist or not and in that same context the significance of symbols in a religion or in a culture which is in this case uh, represented by the goldfish <laughs> have some interesting films that can act as companion pieces one is majid majidi's film which i also talked about a little while earlier children of heaven which is about again two siblings their relationship and how they try to negotiate with the situation in their life which is economic difficulty there's boot polish again two siblings but how they're trying to figure out life as they are orphans and have an evil aunt in their life who's making them do things which they don't see dignity in third one i'd like to talk about is about a solo child but it is very interesting in terms of perspective it's a movie called coraline by lyca studios i think these three films would act as great companion pieces for me overall this film is a fantastic way to get into iranian cinema which is universal while being local one film that we have reviewed earlier called halo which i would refer to because it talks about the perseverance of a girl and i'm so relieved that there are many girls who are being perseverant about things that takes the pressure off us and the other film that i would refer to here is a vishal bhardwaj film called the blue umbrella oh yes which is interestingly about the perseverance of the adult and what a child needs to do in order to make the world better enjoy these films if you want along with a fantastic iranian fable called the white balloon i hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast we really had fun sharing these thoughts and ideas with you go ahead give this film a watch tell us what you think we can do better with the podcast as well visit us at www.breakfastatcinema.com we are waiting to hear your feedback you can also connect with us on our social media handles happy viewing happy ululating cinema my child and me is brought to you by breakfast at cinema working in the areas of education of cinema and education through cinema since 2014 with children and adults of all ages Music brought to you by young and enthusiastic supporters of our podcast. Their love and talent has made this journey all the more interesting. Introduction music by 10-year-old Arkansh Pandey on the clarinet. Episode introduction by Idhya Shalab, age 10, on the piano. And Idhan Shalab, age 6, on the violin. Closing music by 7-year-old Drishan Pandey on the piano. We would also like to thank cinema lovers and makers across the world. It is their passion which drives us. Thank you.